0: Hello and welcome back to Free Ball the Volleyball Podcast. Louis,
1: how are you? Ah, uh, I'm happy. Episode one is out. We out got in the world two hundred and sixty odd Instagram followers, That's good. That's that's good. <laughs> Listens as well. <laughs> yeah. it's a stop. It's definitely a stop.
0: I was going to say if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it now. But if people are listening to this one, they've probably listened to the first one. Yeah. Go and tell all your friends to listen to this one as well. How's your week been? Busy. My first week back at work yeah. after a holiday. So I'm teaching the
1: the kids the, of the future. The
0: youth of tomorrow, or the youth of today. Youth of today. The yeah. future of tomorrow. And how about you? How's your week been?
1: Yeah, good. Busy with this, and um, I think I'm doing my girlfriend's head in a little bit. Um, I seem to have an obsession with uh, Elton John, and putting myself in Elton John songs. <laughs> yeah, like, no joke. Do you have an example for us? I have two, yeah. Go <laughs> yesterday, on. Yesterday I was in a pet shop with her, and um, I started, started singing... Uh, Louis and the pets. Not bad. That's good. And secondly, where where we live, the oven isn't working. I just had to keep the hob on the oven. I had to stay there and push it to keep the food cooking. So I was just singing, "Oven man." (laughs) And yeah, neither of them very funny, but it shows. And your
0: girlfriend didn't like it.
1: No, I think I'm doing a head in because I'm talking a lot about podcasts and pretending to be and John a lot. So, big week on the show. Um, we are doing a beach volleyball inspired week. Yeah, ready.
0: all about beach really.
1: Four star in The Hague. A couple of guests coming our way as well.
0: Yeah, very exciting episode.
1: But first, should we start with the news?
0: Yeah, definitely. This week's news roundup is all about the beach after a huge week in the sport.
1: Olympic gold medalists and world champions Laura Ludwig and Kira Volkenhorst have split. It's pretty sad news for fans who have been treated to constant beach volleyballing masterclasses from the duo. Ludvik has decided to pair with Mazzy Kozak for the Olympic running, whilst Kira has stepped away from the sport due to constant injury battles. We wish her all the best in her retirement and with her young family. Kozak is jumping ship and has meant that Julius Suda has partnered with Kozak's former partner in Carla Borga, leaving Chantal Laboria left disappointed. Laborious Suda won eight gold medals together, and the shakeup creates some interesting times for volleyball fans.
0: We're gonna talk about this a bit more in a bit more detail with our first guest, and this week our first guest is the former Dutch performance coach and newly appointed head of the Centre of Excellence for the Australian national team programme, Margot Wiltons. Last week saw the first beach volleyball event of the year take place in the unlikely location of the Netherlands. Although it's winter in Europe, the state-of-the-art indoors facility named Zootepark means the Dutch national team can train all year long and also hold international events.
1: The FIVB four-star was the name of the game, and in the men's event it was joy for the Russian pairing Oleg Stoyanovski and Vyacheslav Krasilnikov. They won their third medal in three events together, and after silver in Yangshao and bronze in Vegas, the Russian side won their first gold together. In The Hague, defeating Julius Thol and Clemens Vickler, one of many German teams looking to emulate Julius Brink and Jonas reckmann's gold medal at London 2012, the win puts the Russian team at the top of the provisional Olympic rankings for Tokyo 2020. But there's a long way to go, and a lot of big teams still to come out of the woodwork. Russia, though, have never won an Olympic medal in beach volleyball.
0: Anders Moll and Christian Sorum from Norway still lead the world rankings, but unfortunately they had to settle for fifth in The Hague, losing out to the winners in their golden run. In the women's event, only three of the world's top 15 teams were attending, uh, and there was really a chance to grab some Olympic ranking points. It was gold for Brazil and Anna Patricia and Rebecca as they won their first ever FIVB four-star event after taking silver in the four-star in Vegas and gold in the three-star in Quinzao in their eighth event together.
1: In the final, they beat another promising team in young American pairing Kelly Kleiss and Sarah Sponsel. They were the top-ranked American team, finishing above last year's winners, double Olympic medalist April Ross and her partner Alex Kleiman. They took a fourth.
0: The win moves the Brazilians to the top of the Olympic rankings ahead of Wang and Su from China and April Ross and Alex Kleinman from the USA. The win also moves the Brazilians up to 18th in the world. The new partnership are still behind Barbara and Fernanda, Maria Antonelli and Carol, and also Agatha and Duda in what should be an interesting race for Tokyo with only two teams per nation qualifying.
1: Certainly looking tough if you're Brazilian. There was also a third place finish for Finland. Their highest results at a major FIVB event. Anina Parkinen and Taru Leite-Lukinen pipped Ross and Kleinman to the post to a top three result and their first ever bronze medal in a four-star after winning silver in Tokyo at the three-star event in 2018. A fantastic result for Finland and a reward for their efforts over the past years under head coach Kai Lukinen. We caught up with Kai on the result and what it means to Finland and how they actually got there in the first place. Kai! Hi, Louis! How are you doing? <laughs> this is my buddy, Cam. Hey, how you going?
2: Hi, Kai. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thanks. How's, how's your week been post-bronze um, medal as a world tour coach, bud?
2: Well, well the week was, uh, we didn't have so many training. We had like three times in the sand, two physical rate training. A little bit, uh, it was like a nice Nice feeling after the tournament, but I, I think that next week we'll try to push more. With the practice. <laughs> it, Back to it's, work. It was great. It was so awesome. Awesome the feeling that uh, we achieved. I think a great result there in Hack.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable. I love doing the uh, the commentaries as well. It's always nice to do commentary on a special occasion. Um, yeah, and
2: you you did excellent job. I I have been watching YouTube like uh, maybe two or three times these Aww. matches.
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> You're too nice. You're too nice to me. <laughs> well, thank you. It was it was cool. I hope I did it justice because I I thought the girls played really well and they served so well indoors as well. The last couple of sets.
2: Yeah, I think that was the big difference that we won the game. Like uh, we our, our service was so good and and also our reception. It didn't fall apart because
0: there was very, very difficult to receive in uh, indoor beach. How did uh, how do the girls feel about it now? Well, <laughs> they are
2: pretty excited, but uh, at the same time we must be, stay humble and continue hard working because it was great result. But we must uh, think that it was just the beginning of the season. We must uh, work hard and. Right to do great results also afterwards.
0: That's it, it must be hard to uh, to, to think beyond it when it's such a big event, and such a big moment, especially for fin- Finnish volleyball.
2: Yeah, it's very hard, Like, uh, but still, <laughs> I wouldn't change the day if
1: it was so, so awesome. <laughs> Did you get a pay rise? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I didn't get fired, so, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's that's a good thing. And, uh, it's a it's a good thing that uh, I think it was um, noticed. Of course, uh, our federation has been very good. They have uh, supported us. Also, uh, our national Olympic committee, they have been like helping a lot, helping a lot. And it's nice that we finally got this kind of result. And it's possible to. Uh, fight for the spot to Tokyo. So
0: now are you, like for the future, are you now looking at, you know, silvers and golds and stuff now that you know that you can medal?
2: Yeah, well, we must say that there was not every team was there in HAG. Of course, we used this opportunity. Uh, It's very, very difficult. In in some tournaments, it's possible that you you won't uh, pass the full phase because the teams are very equal. So you must uh, be in the right moment and do your best. Sometimes you get results, sometimes you don't. Even you play very well. So we must uh, focus that we are living in a moment.
1: But for sure, does not beating April Ross though and Alex Kleinman give you that confidence that you can beat some of the teams that were missing? Obviously Agatha and Duda were one of the teams that weren't there. But when you beat the likes of April Ross, who's constantly a double Olympic medalist, but also climbing them, Ross, always at a fifth at a major series as well. That must give you confidence.
2: It gives us confidence. We uh, are played last summer in Vienna, and we got, I remember, maybe 14 points per set. So it was very easy for them. And now half a year later, we can beat this team. So of course, our confidence is uh, now higher than before the tournament. But as I said, that it's not so. You can't you can't take this for granted. You must uh, stay stay humble and work hard.
0: Yeah, definitely. What's the uh, what's the next tournament you guys have? What's what's the next uh, goal?
2: Uh, next tournament we will play uh, late April in uh, China, Xiamen. Xiamen Four Star. So it's See a big <laughs> lots of time before this uh, this event. So uh, yeah. our. Uh, plan is now in February. I think we will be one week in uh, Czech, in Perhimo. There's an excellent place to practice. And then uh, in March, we will go to Tenerife for five weeks wow. to practice outside. So it's because uh, in March in Finland, you can't practice outside. <laughs> you can, but it, it's, not so, it's not so nice to be there <laughs> with snow.
1: Kai, can you remember in uh, Jöväskylä? I don't know if I've said that Excuse right. Excuse me? Yeah, uh, sorry. Y- Skula? Sorry. The, the there was a nepsa uh, in Jöväskylä. Yeah, Jöväskylä, yes, I yeah, remember
2: the e- tournament, it e- was in... Uh, even in August? 2000- yeah, it was in September, late September, but yeah. we were very lucky that time. I remember that uh, the tournament, it was like 40 degrees, so it was quite okay. Lucky. But Monday, after, but Monday after the tournament, it was snowing in the Skula, <laughs> so we were very lucky. I-
1: say lucky we were warming up at eight thirty in the morning and it, and, 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 it, and it was two degrees and Aww. it was like late august <laughs> so, how i mean i'm i'm proud of you guys because i i feel like we we've known each other a long time now um yeah when we first met so for me to see you guys be successful it makes me really like really proud to see that you've come all the way on that journey and and you're seeing the yeah, you, you're, you're sort of seeing success because of the hard work you've done. What's your main, like, what's got you there? What what would you say? What's the story of success for Finland at the moment?
2: Uh, I think uh, there's many things. Of course, the indoor facilities. Uh, it's now in Helsinki. There's two different indoor facilities. Also, there's uh, in different parts of Finland. So I think we have five indoor facilities. And... Um, that thing that you can now uh, practice all year long. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I think 2000, uh, 2012, uh, after, uh, London Olympics, uh, our federation, uh, started to push more for beach volley and made a beach volley program, but you step by step, as, as Louis told that 2013, 14, we played these zonal tournaments and get some points and then we got some points to go to qualification for the cv tournaments so it's step by step yeah. of course there has been not all all the time you don't go high it's just sometimes you pump pump a little bit and uh, you must uh, just uh, get up get up and work hard
0: and you mentioned it before but is is tokyo the you know are your eyes looking at tokyo is that the main prize
2: yes it's uh, of course i think it's for every team the yeah. tokyo is like uh, the thing that we are really, really, uh, focus and try to get there. It's very difficult because there's lots of teams. You can say that there's, uh, 40 teams who can make it only 24 will get it. So it's not so easy one, but of course we're trying to do it because it was very, I think the biggest disappointment in my coach career was that we didn't make it to Rio it was so close and I think we played very well but we just couldn't make it.
1: You missed by two places, right? Set 17th, um, the top 15 go to the Olympics, and you guys came 17th?
2: Yeah, we were 17th. Vanuatu was the 16th teams. So, and uh, it was very close. And that time, we one thing was that we couldn't make it to the World Championships in 2015, because we didn't have enough points at that time. So, yeah. Uh, uh, now, I think Firo uh, and Nina will be, for sure, in Hamburg World Championships.
1: That's amazing, and that's going to help you so much towards Olympic qualification as well.
2: Yeah, of course that helps, but of course we have to still keep winning lots of good teams. Yeah, so so many good teams.
1: Um, just quickly, we're, we've got another coach on the show uh, coming to okay. this, this same programme um, today. So, what, what's your philosophy as a coach? Uh,
2: I think I've, I've mentioned a lot of time here that work hard, uh, stay in the moment, always, do your best, and uh, the players, who are coach, you must. They are more than just the players; they are human beings, and you must uh, respect and have a like
0: a good relations with every player you coach. Yeah, definitely. That's a good. That's a good message. I think it's a good message to all the sort of aspiring coaches and players, really, out there.
1: Yeah, I think some coaches and myself in early days or earlier days very narrow-minded and just. <laughs> results driven and it
2: takes a while to yeah you need to yeah but i I, yeah and you you must say that i wasn't this kind of person five years ago of course coaches improve and make what suits for them it's not so like uh, maybe earlier i was so focused on the result now i'm more and more focused on what we do yeah results results will come when you work hard very good
1: um Thank you very much, mate. That's that's
2: perfect. You do a great job, guys. Yeah, Thank well, you. Well, thanks, well, thanks so, so much. Say.
0: That was really good. Really good. It's gonna be interesting to see like watch now that we've seen that happen, to see their progress over the next you know, year or so, see how they how they are building up towards the Olympics and stuff.
1: And if you look at cultures, Finland have just beaten the USA top team yeah. to win a bronze medal. Like I and mean, you, you would never you would never put Finland in that bracket yeah. because of indoor centers and because of people like kai who's just spent his life growing as a person as you can tell
0: it's good it opens up the sport you you want more teams like that doing well because yeah. then it becomes anyone's anyone's game
1: finland norway all the northern europe are starting starting to grow yeah definitely our next guest we have margot wilton's joining us now margot has just accepted the position to become head of the center of excellence of the Australian programme for not just beach volleyball but for indoor as well and we are delighted to have Margot as a guest on the show to round up The Hague but also hear about exciting times for her and also all the news in the game from the previous week. So Margot, welcome to Freeball the Volleyballing Podcast, warm welcome to you. Can you just give us a little bit of background about you? We've already introduced you a little bit but can you just give your own yeah, your own instruction.
3: Well, first of all, like, thanks for having me on the show. I'm quite honoured, of course. Um, a little bit of background of me, um, well, I'm a coach. Uh, and I like to think uh, of that. Then I'm very fortunate to make my job out of that. And um, actually never felt more me uh, as a coach than I ever did as a player. So that's, I think, a good thing if you want to be in this business. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I started actually as a beach football player in the, the national national junior team of Holland. Uh, I was in there for a long time and uh, didn't make it to any Olympic Games, um, but was uh, important for the junior development program back then. I uh, graduated my law school and then actually Federation asked me back to make an effort for the youth development program, uh, which I did. I, I took it. And uh, I ended up working in um, the organizational Speech volleyball About Team Holland for and NevoGo for 16 years. And uh, recently, I decided that it was time to yeah, see what else the world was uh, offering me. So I took a chance and um, yeah make a big jump to uh, see if there were any other opportunities to strive for. That's basically, uh, in a nutshell, my story.
0: And, uh, okay, so this new opportunity you've got, you kind of downplay it like it's sort of a job you saw in a newspaper, but it's a pretty it's a pretty exciting new job. Do you want to just explain what it is?
3: Yeah, it will be an exciting job, and um, I have to be directly honest with you. Um, I don't know if I can oversee the full of the whole job yet, but I will be working as head coach of COE, as I just was uh, told to say like that, <laughs> uh, it will be the, the center of excellence in uh, Canberra, where um, we will be striving to put a beach volleyball driven program into place where um, beach volleyball and indoor athletes come together to be the best they can be to represent Australia on the next yeah, project for the Olympic Games. And uh, that's going to be very excited because they're going to, or we, I, uh, will strive for a strategy that combines indoor beach volleyball uh, directly from the start. And I think that's really, really awesome that it can be hybrid and to provide these young people already with certain opportunities like that.
0: That's awesome. So um, I'm actually from Canberra, Australia.
3: Oh, awesome. Then you can show me around a bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I grew up there. I knew... So, lots of, so my best friend, one of my best mates, Joel Tyrrell, we'll give a shout out to him, um, he started training as a libero for the Australian team and played a few tournaments for them. And before that, we, we, were, we never really got along with the, any of the Australian sort of development squad. Uh, but after that, we became quite close with them, became a lot of mates, I've been to a few of their weddings. So I, I sort of got quite involved with the, with the high performance team there. Um, It's interesting that you say that they're trying to combine the two uh, programs because for a long time, I guess up until now, the beach program was always in Adelaide in South Australia.
3: I think um, the opportunity lies in that uh, particular um, decision that they made to not have the juniors apart from each other but actually to also go for it as one sport with with two different disciplines. Uh, which actually provides the country to be successful in two disciplines of the volleyball sport, and uh, that was for me for sure a trigger to yeah to be a part of that and to share my expertise in that. That's it's gonna be amazing. It's
1: Really cool. Over here in in England, as you're probably aware, like indoor and beach just work so far apart from each other, and if they work together, like everyone would be so much stronger. And the things that you can even learn just by playing both disciplines yeah. is crazy. Even if it's for two or three yeah. months in a season, just just having a go, you can learn so much. What do you, like, we, we know a little bit about your job, but what do you want to achieve there? So what's your, you know that you're head of the centre of excellence and it's, it's beach-led, but what's, yeah, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to go there? And in, in three or four years, we talk and you go and, and you look back and say you've been really successful and you're happy.
3: I think for me, the most important thing talking about uh, youth development but also if you talk about athlete development in general is yeah self regulation for me it means everything uh, going for your for your passions like follow your heart become your best version you can be so i don't want to have only a couple of athletes that actually maybe medal but it would be great if it's broader than that so i look back and there is actually sustainable pathway that provides a, a variety of people becoming their best selves and it's not one way but we are custom made for the needs of the athlete and if you have the same goal and you strive for it and you can actually coach the individual in that program yeah, then you have a big competitive uh, advantage and I think Australia is outstanding in this because already being an island sort of but mm. like it's it's a bloody yeah, big Aussies. iron, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Yeah, it's and, an island. Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, Aussies are yeah they are unique because they are really understanding what it means to be a team. It's together, and sports is a tool to connect to each other, to to strive for, for the pride of your country.
1: For sure. What's, and
3: actually, also the experts. What's your
1: uh, what's your sort of like coaching philosophy?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, coaching philosophy goes really directly back to, um, yeah, like I said before, self-regulation and also believing in what you are capable of. If you're talking about uh, coach philosophy for science, like for me, it means uh, at the essential, and that means literally at the essential. So, what is your strength? Uh, how can you strive for the best performance you can deliver? Uh, and that's all about being the owner of your own success. So as a coach, it's not about about that I find the key and I find the best possible way to provide you with, um, yeah, striving for the goals that you want to have, or the for the that you have, and how to actually get there, to make your own decisions, to be capable of your own goals, and make that within your own reach.
1: So what you're saying is it. If- Is as a coach it's not really about what what you know as a coach or your ego it's about what you can empower others um, to learn and to know themselves and giving them the skills to do it themselves
3: definitely definitely yeah I can tell them anything but as long they need to experience it and they need to own it and believe it
1: can you give us one example where you feel that sort of coaching philosophy has worked for you
3: Uh, yeah I do have an example actually for that I think one of the most yeah, incredible and most thankful moments in my coach career was uh, uh, winning gold at the at the 20 European Champs with Joyce uh, Stubbe and uh, Nika Daldrop. Especially working with Joy for a while. Um, she played all the underages and she was raised in a family where she already got it from the start when she was very young, what high performance means. So for sure that helped me a lot. And she was independent the moment she came into the door. But also working with her made me accelerate my own coach skills. So for me, she pushed me to a process, but together we uh, we really integrated our cooperation. And uh, we came to a point where we had one goal and that was meddling at the under-20s. And yeah, she became impatient at the moment. And because we had this coach and player relationship based on people first, so... We respected each other in a personal way, and we um, really trusted each other's professional role in our relationship. And that established, actually, yeah, the opportunity to strive for the gold to medal at the under-20s. Yeah, the moment we got the gold, for her, that was the aim, she wanted to win gold. But for me, the whole process and the journey towards it, that's what's the essence of coaching actually is and for me that's the actual gold
1: that's amazing do you you think as a coach sometimes though we're all about asking the athlete to focus on the process but sometimes we forget to focus on the process ourselves
3: oh yeah 100 percent. it is sometimes it's like it's so distracting on one hand you have to take care of the points on one hand you you need you need to get your ass into a competition firstly so Mm. we need points i need to have a partner Um, what's the other person doing? Basically, I need to be hired as a coach because I'm good enough. How do I show that I am good enough? And yeah, one wise man said, told me once, have a thick skin. And uh, yeah, that thick skin also means protecting your coach philosophy as process first and then the result will come. Being successful for me means finishing your process at your maximum capacity. And you don't always have gold in your hands then but you can have your maximal performance and to protect that yeah sometimes it takes a little bit longer or it takes time and i don't have uh short-term successes but hey that comes sometimes hand in hand with a goal that is bigger than just a short-term success and that sometimes really requires to have a thick skin and a yeah, long breath how we say it in dutch
0: mm-hmm. Do you think how, how do you find it comparing, like, coaching compared to playing? Like, do you find it's easier to have, like, to change your mindset about things? Do you think you're a better coach because you played so much?
3: Um, for sure, it is an advantage that I played. Um, like, yeah, I experienced my being an athlete as quite frustrating. Uh, looking back, I, I didn't understand a lot of things. The only thing that, or the only thing, but my strength was that I wanted it. And I wanted it badly and I did everything to, yeah, to get there. Like I was training my ass off, never, yeah, I was, I was like a pain in the ass because I wanted to know and I wanted to understand and, but for sure, I think at the end I suit the coaching more because I can give more to the people around me uh, instead of only striving for my own success, really individually. Um, I, I see success that I, if I can share it and I can empower others, that for me is more um, satisfying and more purpose-filling than being an athlete myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Really, and really, yeah,
3: yeah, Frankly, to be really honest, I don't think I was good enough as well to be really elite performance.
1: It's amazing that you say that, that you you got as far as you did in your playing career because you wanted it. And it takes a lot of drive, but it's funny when you take all of that motivation into coaching, how far you can get as well when you're using that drive to help others. As yeah, well, as definitely. Well.
3: Yeah, I would agree. It's nicely put.
1: What are you looking forward to about the new challenge the most? We've talked about what you want to achieve, but what are you looking forward to the most about Australia, the, the learning, what you can achieve out there?
3: Yeah, there there will be so much. Well, um, like VA already provided me with, uh, yeah, some testing and and then you get feedback on your personalities, for instance, or your personality and where you can actually have your own development points. And yeah, I, I love to learn. Um, um, yeah, my mom always uh, accused me that I'm one big sponge of knowledge. And yeah, I'm always try to think out of the box and be how can we actually achieve that and. I think that's one of the things that I always have in my head, what do you want? okay, do you really want it, and then you're gonna find a way, find a way, left or right or backwards, I don't care find a way and in this whole new environment with new challenges, um yeah, where I know I have to I have to grow again, I have to learn, I have to experience and discover new things, yeah that's. Man, I'm, I am like being a big ball of shiny shiny me here because I'm looking forward to just new challenges, the unknown. Like, I don't know the the, the, the problems yet. I don't know the challenges yet. Let's bring it on and, and let's see how it will go. And, yeah, for sure, I'm highly ambis- ambitious. So, yeah, um, I want to succeed in that.
1: Well, talking about the unknown, Cam has a few questions for you. Um, neither of us have been ever um described as a sponge of knowledge (laughs) i i haven't anyway not a sponge of knowledge but as you're going into the unknown cam being from canberra has prepared an australian questionnaire citizenship test for you (laughs)
3: awesome so no
0: pressure but if you don't get these right they might not let you in
1: yeah you might lose your job you've had your personality testing which you're more than welcome (laughs) to share your
3: personality (laughs) testing
1: in a minute with us
3: exactly now I can't back out anymore like okay let's take a chance so (laughs) now I have to take thank you for that for begging me this
0: okay so there's a few (laughs) questions about Australia and a few about Canberra and then a few and then one more about the actual center of excellence so first of all All I'll start with an easy one for you what is Australia's national animal it's a kangaroo yeah all right one for one One. okay question two (laughs) what's Australia's national flower
3: uh Flower, are you kidding me?
0: Like, <laughs> I'll give you a hint uh, our, our um, national colors, like our sports colors, are based on this flower.
3: Uh, I have really no, I have no idea. Damn. The, I will take it as a minus 10.
0: It's the wattle, you'll know that now. Okay, there's green the and wattle. gold, it's yellow, it's yellow and green, so it's green and gold. That's where we get our colors from.
1: I'm, I've never All heard right. of that flower.
0: Okay, question Thanks. three here's a more general Australian one. Who is the Prime Minister of Australia? Um,
3: Yeah, you're Googling. We can hear
0: you typing. No,
3: I'm not. Scott Morrison.
0: Ah, You Googled that one. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't have known that, would you, Louis? No, I I definitely didn't know that one either. Okay, Um, question four, and don't Google this one.
3: No, I'm trying not
0: to type. What is the population of Australia? I'll give you a million either side.
3: Population of Australia, okay. So it's uh, like um, we have 60 million, like let's say 250 million people.
0: Almost, you're really close. Uh, It's actually 24.7 million.
3: Okay, that's sort of close.
0: (laughs) You're only about 220 million off. Okay, question five. (laughs) Uh, You're headed to Canberra specifically. Why? So Canberra was made only a hundred years ago. Why was Canberra made in the first place? Because uh, this is tough. Because
3: Sydney and Melbourne needed a little brother.
0: Oh, you're not too Uh, far off there.
3: hmm.
0: It's because uh, Sydney and Melbourne both wanted to be the capital, and they couldn't decide which one would be which. They made a new city in the middle.
3: Uh, Uh, Come on, give me at least.
0: We'll give you half a point. Just
3: try. Yeah, for yeah, sure. We'll then. give you half a point. So
0: you're okay. one and a half at the moment. Or two, because you cheated on that one. But I'll give you yeah, that we'll, point. Yeah, we'll give you the one you cheated on. Okay, question six. What does it's the word... It's
3: not cheating. It's like finding an, an efficient way to answer your
1: question. <laughs> <In what? And laughs> research. And this is how you get degrees in life.
3: This is exactly I said that exactly. I need to have the knowledge first, then I can produce it. So I will never ever forget anymore. That's called Morrison. That's true. That's true. It's the hero country.
0: For now. <laughs> um question six this will be a tough one what does the word canberra mean
3: uh i would almost say in between
0: oh i'm gonna give you that i'm gonna give you that it means meeting place yeah i'm gonna give you okay. that good job Makes sense. okay and nice. the final question you should know this because these are this you're going to work at the center of excellence these are going to be your employers what was the center of excellence called before it was called the Centre of Excellence.
3: Yeah, I come back to Coe again, but that doesn't make any sense.
0: No, so they've only just renamed it the Centre of Excellence in the last five years or so.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah. Really? Folly Roo Centre of Talent?
0: That's <laughs> not a bad guess. Yeah. It was the Australian
1: Institute of Sport.
3: Ah, okay. I should have known that. But I thought it was just a different corporation.
1: When I thought that too, when we went through it, I didn't get anywhere near it.
0: So, you, do you know what? You actually got three and a half out of seven. So you got halfway, so you... I think you passed, you are allowed to go.
3: I will just wear my helmet entering the country, otherwise I'll be recognised <laughs> as the girl that didn't know who the Prime Minister was. <laughs> <laughs> but now you do know. When you get there, you, you're fully aware.
1: Um Exactly. Just quickly, if you if you don't mind asking about the personality test that, I, I guess no, no, for, no. Some, for for some listeners it, it'd be quite daunting to have your personality tested. Um, what did you learn about yourself? You don't have to share it, but were you if were you happy with it? Was it was it close? Yeah. How how does it feel to have your personality tested? I guess you got the job, so it means that you passed. You passed. Know, you passed.
3: Yeah, or I have to thank my uh, references for that, so I don't know, or maybe my new boss, but uh, let's leave that in the middle. Um, now, I, it wasn't the first time that I did it. Um, uh, at my former job, I also had personality testings, um, also because I re- requested it, because it just gives you more insight in who you are, how you, why you do what you do, or what's the underlayer, on yeah, underlying layer, actually, and if... So it's actually quite hypocrite. If you are are a coach and you unravel your athletes from A to Z, but you don't do that for yourself, how is that even working? So basically to become a better coach, I also need to coach myself or at least understand why I do what I do. And only relying on feedback from others without an actual accurate reference uh, or framework for myself It's actually harder to grow myself or to be, yeah, to to perform myself. So what I learned from it already in the past was that I was confronted with certain, yeah, with certain values or um, understanding why I can get frustrated sometimes or why I can feel sad sometimes or why I'm secure or why I'm insecure or why I'm so. yeah yeah eccentric or ambitious so to understand that just gives you yeah i would say more quality of yourself
1: that's an amazing answer and i think it also shows how open you are as Mm -hmm. a person and i think that that transfers into your coaching and why you're being so successful and why as soon as you stopped your job everybody in the world's almost got their fishing rods out trying to pull you in for a job which is Mm -hmm. which is really really cool to hear for those volleyball fans out here, we all know that Australia love running the two ball on beach, in beach volleyball, and they love running a ball wide. Now that you're head of the centre of excellence, are you going to stay with the same playing philosophy? Are you focusing on the playing philosophy, or are you focusing more on the coaching philosophy? But are you going to adjust some of their volleyballing things that they've become renowned or are you going to keep it the same
3: everything what's 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 a plus already or what's in place why would you take that away so i am especially interested to keep the best things and to enhance or uh, uh, change the things that we don't have yet so for sure the two ball like if you can play it it's highly effective to create actually two attackers in on the beach volleyball court instead of on only playing static three uh, three hits, yeah, why would you throw it away? But I also really believe in that it's not for everybody. So yeah. we have so a variety of styles of plays. You also know that for certain athletes, uh, you need to have a back ball or a fast one or a three hit or just a static game that's slower. It's really depending on the player who you are. So for sure, I want to, I want to, yeah broaden that not only say this is the only way we're going to do it but this is one way we are going to do it and if we're going to do it we do it properly and we do it better than the others
1: so the hague next up we'll talk about the hague you you were around for the hague how how did you find it it was in your office and in the zoo Park, or your former office in the zoo park have a good time
3: yeah, it was amazing to be back there. Um, I wasn't there for three months, so for me personally, it was a lot of fun to catch up with a lot of people. And I, my time was too short for, for a lot. Um, it was good to be on the tour again. Um, you saw, like, the atmosphere was, yeah, was vivid. People were enjoying that, like, the tour was going on again. Okay, we started a new year. Let's bring it on. Um, the level overall maybe i'm ahead of you already but yeah it was i thought it was all right wasn't blown away by by per se a lot of teams i think the russians in the, on the man' side really made their impression like be aware of us um and um yeah just you can have to keep in mind that it is an indoor pre-season uh, tournament. So for sure, the the impact of the surf is so massive on the game, so it's a completely different game than maybe we saw in the last tournaments of the summer, which was outside. People were already in the competition for a certain amount of months. Um, so yeah, taking that into account, I think it was a good start of the year with an okay level for for this level of competition.
1: It's difficult to pass in there as well. I would have liked to have seen the side-out percentages compared to an indoor and an outdoor event. Um,
0: yeah, it highly like,
3: interesting.
1: Yeah, it would have been, it would have been crazy. Uh, it wasn't the best
0: result for the Dutch in either gender, really.
3: No, no, not at all. Um, I know, like, the, the there are several teams in there. So you have, uh, for, for instance, the national team is... Yeah, it's separated from each other on the on the female side there are, are three teams two of them are in national federation one of them is outside the federation yeah yeah you see that they periodized different uh Stubbe van Iersel already played the week before on the national championships and won it uh in my bloom the preseason just started uh, maplink and Kaiser—they also just came back into their yeah into their off uh, from their offseason into preseason uh, with small injury injuries here and there. So where you, based on where you're coming from. And then on the female side, I thought it was yeah for sure for me it was quite cool to see the youngsters coming from the development program making it into the main draw and actually kicking ass and also the the youngsters that are not within the development program, then they are already in a commercial team, but they are also really making uh, making an impression. And then I'm talking about uh, Van Driel and Schoon. They already did very, very well, the underages. Um, and now also saying, hey, we are here and we are uprising. So for sure, the next generations are, are ready to rumble in the next year, which will be interesting. And then, yeah, men's side also youngsters that actually showed their teeth, but they are not ready, per se, to perform. They're ready to compete, but not to really perform. That's a completely different uh, situation or a different yeah, level where you are.
1: I completely agree. Do you think um, like Mez and his partner played really, really well to beat to be Reid really pretty? Do you think uh, just a comment on American volleyball and where where that's at compared to sort of Europeans? The Europeans have have really started to up their act against sort of the American nations. Would you agree?
3: Yeah, I would agree. But basically, if the um, we had a we had a, a a time where actually Brazilians and Americans they were the standard. So at one point, if you want to perform, like I said, or you want to be the standards, then you have to step up your game. And uh, I think also in Europe now our advantages, or at least we can compete with them, that the amount of competition was increased. So more tournaments, better level of competition. And if you look at countries who can play actually all year uh, round on on a solid level of competition, yeah, then you already have your advantage. Uh, and I think everybody understood that better and better and that competition year-round actually also gives you the opportunity to yeah, to really battle and to play for the medals.
0: It's really good for the sport to see it open up. Like you see in so many sports, not just volleyball, you see certain countries just dominate year after year. And so you can have it open up and it becomes really up in the air when teams can win tournaments. It's just fantastic for the sport.
3: Definitely. Yeah, I think that, like sports is so yeah, so broad, it, it connects people and we don't have to go into that and like bigger. It's not only about connecting, but it is an entertainment world and for sure volleyball gives also uh, business a good opportunity to actually earn money. Like it's nice to, wo- to watch, it's entertaining, it's dynamic and for sure if you look at beach volleyball, it has entertainment and sport in one. So I think also as an athlete uh, that you have to understand that you are part of that entertainment and you see that more and more happening. Like you are actually the product um, of the money that's coming in. And it's a chicken and an egg story. You need the money to have more competitions to actually to play for something. And on the other hand, you need money to develop yourself, to pay your coaches, to have the best facilities. And in that federations also now are interfering in teams and make sure that athletes can actually play instead of battling them. They are supporting, they are uniting. And I think in Europe, yeah, we are... You just asked me about Australia and the amount of people. I made the guess because I know how big the continent is. And in Europe, we are so close to each other. So, yeah, we are cooperating. Our Europeans are practicing together. Like, it's not it's competition for me, or, like, maybe the the opposite on the other side next next week on the court. But for now, I can use you to make myself better. And I think Europeans understand that very, very well. And that's why also they've stepped up their game, especially against yeah, Americans and the Brazilians.
0: It's definitely true what you're saying, that this the the way that you can train against each other here is becoming so useful. I know even the Australian men's team when they go into their, like the indoor team, when they go into their training camps, they come over here, they come to Poland for a month and just play games against European teams because it's so much better preparation.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, change, change of, uh, of style of play, change of just a different arm swing, um, just a different uh, speed of the set. It can change so much. Even though you have the best foreign partners in your own country, just that change of competition, that change of challenge is so important to be better. And yeah, I think that's that's how you make success. If you're gonna wait for it and just see up until somebody shows up on the other side of the net, you are already one zero behind.
1: For sure. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's something that you want to bring into your new role in Australia, like getting the Aussies out a lot and and training against European teams, or is that something you can control?
3: Yeah, I think I can control it. I don't know if it's per se Europe then. Um, like, yeah, there are, of course, practicalities to take into account. But for sure, there's already a good framework and an, and an uprising framework of competition. But you can have a quantity of con- uh, competition, but what's the quality of it? So you need to be surrounded by a constant um, challenging environment. I think that's important. So if I can... Um, if I can make that or can create that by using your European teams or Asian teams I will do it but maybe I don't have to look that far and I can actually already find that in Australia so that's something that I, I need to set foot there first to have that inside expertise because for now I just have the outside outside the observations I think
1: that's a great answer, it's amazing um, let's move on, uh, wary of time Big news this week uh, in, in world volleyball, really, is that uh, Laura Ludwig and Kira Volkenhorst have obviously split, with Kira Volkenhorst um, retiring from the game due to just continuing injury problems. What's your opinion on that? Obviously, Maggie um, Kuzuk has gone with Laura. How, how do you see that developing?
3: Well, of course, you briefed me already that you would come up with this question. So actually, I did some homework and actually thinking about like, best, okay, best, best ever. <laughs> what's this uh, situation bringing? Like for sure, like wow. If if you look at a, at it from more an object a, objective um, point of view, it's amazing that Germany has this <laughs> range of goods teams. They are top 20 of the world. There are already four teams uh, in January 2019 who are actually top 20 in the world ranking. And then, hey, what do you know? We're going to just shift around a bit and then we have new teams and we're going to go for the highest goal. Uh, That's on itself already amazing, or at least I thought it, because often we have this discussion where do you actually get the talent or we are not blessed with a lot of players or good athletes. Um, yeah, that Laura is coming back. She already quoted that before she had her little one. So I think that was never a question, but more the question how. And yeah, that Kira has to quit already at this age. Yeah, For me, it's a waste. It's a beautiful volleyball athlete. Amazing. And the tandem of the two of them is one of a kind. Um, yeah, that- what can I say? M- matching up with Maggie. Yeah, I for sure... To turn it around, if Laura asks you to play with her, you don't yeah.
1: say no. Yeah, No, for sure. She's, she's a special she's a Uh, Jörg Wagner has still decided, obviously he's still coaching Ludwig and now uh, Maggie as well. That's huge for this team, obviously winning the previous Olympics, but also, uh, stand if I'm corrected, Jörg Wagner also won 2012 with Brink Reckerman. Not long mm-hmm, until an mm-hmm. Olympic in in terms of a new pairing coming together, it's not really long until the Olympics. Is Tokyo a little bit too soon for Ludwig and Kazuk, Do you think?
3: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. She's in the meantime so experienced, like playing with uh, golfers, then um, pairing up with uh, Welcome Horse, having this experience, having this knowledge. If you're talking about an athlete that's actually self. Related and really independent and it's Laura and Berg and Wagner have this amazing relationship they know exactly what they need from each other they know exactly how to push each other to the next level they already did that and they are for sure not afraid of pushing each other to even a following level and maybe actually by, by adding Maggie to their team they are already pushing each other to come up with, uh, with a with successful journey to Tokyo, there's time pressure. It's clear that there is one goal, um, and I and I actually would uh, would like, but I have some quotes from Laura for me. What makes it clear that it's not per se too soon. Um, she says like. Yeah, Maggie has everything you you need. She's incredibly athletic, insane. she has insane ball control, she's a real fighter, she's ready to invest a lot and so on and so on. And in every word she's saying about Maggie, she adds an emotion or she adds um, a strengthening of the word. So it's not, she's just athletic, but she's incredibly athletic. So by saying that, they are searching for elite of the elite so they will push for being better in every every aspect that they can be and then to chase just for one goal and that's that's meddling um so i think if you know how to do that you can you can at least reproduce the process not per se guarantee the outcome though
0: it's gonna be awesome to see how they go all right so we're gonna just we've got two more questions to ask you just to finish up
3: um so, for, the, for yeah, who, what's the best or what's the most interesting combination? Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Taliqua Clancy with Laura Ludwig. Oh,
1: that's good a good one. one. Good and, choice. And have you got one for men?
3: Um, For sure, uh, Robert Meuse.
1: Yeah.
3: And uh, Smaiden. Woo!
1: So what you'd have you have Musen playing playing left side blocker and then Smeding as a right side defender.
3: Exactly. Oh,
1: that would, that would be unreal. Yeah, good choice.
3: Be unreal because especially like they're both so dynamic and Robert is just so not the typical tall guy or whatever. Like he can move. Yeah. He's a brilliant mover. So I would love to see him play with this incredibly stealth Smeding. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: And finally. If you were still playing, so let us um, If you were still playing, which fictional character would you like to be your beach volleyball partner? Now, this has come from our uh, producer, producer producer John, John. Um, and he was laughing about it because he would like to play with the BFG, the Big Friendly Giant, for obvious reasons. Is is what he said. <laughs> um, so, if there was a fictional character. Um, who would you like to play with?
3: Um, the main character of Avatar.
1: The big, oh, the big blue, the big blue guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I thought you were going <laughs> to. say he's like nine foot, so that would so, be right. that would be helpful. I thought you were going to um, say Lara Croft, but then you're a little bit like Lara Croft anyway.
3: Just... Yeah, but I thought like I was her. Yeah. So, and yeah. <laughs> the and 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 towel, Avatar. the like, how cool the big glasses.
1: Badass attitude. No one messes with Margot. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Mario, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's been and...
0: absolutely awesome. You've given us some amazing insights into your coaching and just into volleyball in general. It's been fantastic.
1: Yeah. And even if you're 10% prepared for your new job as you were for this interview, you're going to crush it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being it's so
0: organized,
3: guys, So that's a lot of fun.
0: If you need some uh, some restaurant or some bar recommendations, I'll I'll send them through after this.
3: Yes, I, I need them, and I would love to have them. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you should. <laughs> oh,
1: definitely,
3: because you owe me a visit anyway. Yes. So there
1: will be... <laughs> for sure, I'm coming. I'm coming for sure, and hopefully at awesome. some time in the future we can catch up, have another quick check in to see how you're getting on in Australia.
3: I would
0: love to. Awesome! Thank you, thank you so much. That's oh, been yeah. awesome. Thank you so much for listening this week. A huge thank you to
1: both of our guests, Kai Lukanen, and also Margot Wiltons, who's left the Dutch program but heading to Australia.
0: Um, please go out there and follow us on all of our social media platforms. Get onto Twitter. Get onto Facebook. Get onto Instagram. If you just search "Free Ball," the volleyball podcast will pop up. Give us a follow give us a comment and a like Let's hear what's
1: coming next get excited yeah the more support that we get from you the more motivation that we're going to get to get some really cool characters on the show and do some great interviews but it's fun huh
0: brilliant thanks
1: guys